All right, good evening. It's good to be here again. If you have your Bibles, uh, how about you go ahead and find Luke chapter number 2. Uh, I flew in just a few days ago. We're only going to be six nights in America, and then uh, we have to get back to Thailand and to the work that God has there for us. But I knew today I was in America. I have been a bit jet-lagged because the time difference is substantial between uh, here and Thailand. Right now in Thailand, it's around about uh, 10.30 Tuesday morning. And uh, they told me Monday night was a good night already, so I know it's going to be good for us tonight, all right? They said it's come and gone, and it was good, so it'll be fine. But uh, I, I, I knew despite the jet lag, I knew I was in America. I, I was at Walmart today, and uh, my wife wanted to pick up some things, and where we live in Thailand, we have a, we have a problem with uh, obnoxious pigeons, these birds. And, uh, of course, all birds are a type of Satan. And uh, so, uh, so we have a problem with these obnoxious pigeons. And, uh, you know, they, they spread bird flu and, and they make noises in the morning and, and they do other things. And, and I just, you know, I... I don't know if it's a sin or not, but I hate them. I hate these birds. And I don't know how many times the first thing I say when I wake up in the morning is, I hate those birds. And this goes on. So I was in Walmart, and I was walking around, and I saw Daisy Air Rifles. And so I I was stopping and looking at the Daisy Air Rifles, and... And I was trying to read the small print about velocity and that kind of thing. And I was looking at it, and a lady walked up beside me, and she said, uh, oh, Daisy Air Rifles. And I said, hmm. She said, oh. <laughs> she said, I'll, I'll never forget. She said, I, I bought our, our little Toby his first rifle when he was three years old. And I was looking at her. <laughs> and she said... She said he would walk around the, the back garden with that rifle singing, God bless America, every day. <laughs> and then little Toby started singing, God bless America, right there in Walmart. And I knew, I, I said, I, I'm definitely in America. I'm, I'm here. Uh, jet lag or no jet lag, we've, we're definitely in America. So... Uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be in this church. Uh, it's good to be with Brother Fisher. Thank God for this church. This church is a is a blessing to me, just knowing it's here. And uh, you know, just over the years, I've I've uh, I've lived through some preachers going on to heaven. Uh, they're no longer here with us. And uh, and you know, you you think back and you you realize sometimes you realize after somebody's gone, the impact they made when they were here. And uh, I try to learn from that, and I just, I just appreciate this church and that pastor and, uh, and the work that's here, and I appreciate it every day. And, uh, and I just thank God for this place, thank God for the opportunity to be here. There's a number of uh, fellow Australians here with us uh, tonight, some folks from our church in, um, in uh, Brisbane, Australia. Pastor Lloyd is here and some of our good people, and uh, I noticed sitting right down there in the second row, tonight my son called from Sydney, Sydney, Australia. He works as a Navy officer, 
And he was doing some training. He was having some issues with something. And I said, look, I said, here's what to do, son. Now, I'm calling him from San Diego. I said, here's what to do. I said, I'm not sure. I don't think Brother Tossel is too far away from you. I said, why don't you give Pastor Tossel a call and uh, just, just, just ask him about this thing. Pastor Tossel is sitting right down there. I never knew. And I said, if you can't get Pastor Tossel, I said, why don't you call Pastor Gondovan? I said, because uh, he might be able to help you. And I look, and Pastor Gondovan is sitting right down there. So, so my son is calling people who aren't even in the country. And, uh, but it's good to have uh, those men. They're both very good men, and Australia is blessed to have them as well. So uh, we just appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, I'm looking forward to the conference. Uh, Brother Davidson is coming uh, very soon, and I want to be quite brief tonight. He's always a blessing. I uh, just uh, enjoy his preaching. God always speaks to my heart when he preaches. And again, he's just one of the men that I thank God is here. And thank God that he's held high a consistent standard for many, many years. And hasn't wavered and hasn't been blown about through the winds of the world or change. But he stood true. And so it's a blessing to have him. All right, let's go ahead and just look at a passage here in Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at uh, three or four passages and uh, I just want to give you a, uh, a thought and then finish and Brother Davidson will come and preach soon after that. Luke chapter number two, uh, I want to read from verse number eight. And, uh, and I'm just going to just, you know, I won't read all these verses and trust your familiarity with these passages. But this is the narrative of the uh, shepherds who were in the field from verse number eight. You see that there. And uh, verse number nine, the Bible says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Now, I've, I've not had the angel of the Lord come upon me in that way, and I've not seen the glory of the Lord like they did, but it, it must have been something significant. It, it must have been something quite astounding to have that happen. It certainly wasn't usual. And uh, this event occurred for these folks, and and uh, and the, there was an announcement made. And the announcement is there in verse number 10. First of all, the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And then if you look down in verse number 13, it said, And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, of course, if you study that on, you find the shepherds went there looking for the babe. Um, What happened with those shepherds was a very unusual thing. First of all, God was making an announcement about something that would change the world. Jesus has changed the world. And from, from, from the time of Jesus after, nothing was the same as it was before. And so this was a dramatic thing. And uh, this was something that these shepherds had not experienced before. It's something it's hard to find a parallel elsewhere where suddenly, as it were, the, 
the heavens open up and you see the heavenly host praising God. And I, I don't know what that was like, but I know it was something that had not happened before. It was, it was amazing. And I imagine the shepherd going home and saying to his wife, honey, uh, you know, t- tonight something happened that, uh, we've never seen before. There was an announcement from God and honey, listen to me. This thing, this, this, what we saw, what happened tonight. Listen to me, honey. The world is just, it's just never going to be the same. And, and she said, really? So, oh, honey, I'm telling you. Nothing, nothing can be the same after this. But, but you know what happened? For quite some time after that, everything was the same. A year later, when he came home, he still smelled like sheep. And the world that he knew was still the same world as it was a year ago when there was angels in the sky. And two years after that, three, four, five, the world was the same. In fact, from that momentous appearing in the heavenlies, it would be hard to see what really changed after that if you'd been living there. And maybe one day, years after, his wife said, you know, honey, you, you said the world was going to be different, that everything would change. He said, well, I, I thought so. You know, what happened to us just doesn't happen all the time, but I know everything's been pretty usual. The business of the Roman Empire continued as it always did. People came, people went. It was the same. You know, a little bit later in, uh, in that same chapter, in, in chapter number two there, you have the, uh, the narrative of when the babe Jesus is uh, brought to the temple in around about verse number 25. And uh, Simeon is there. And, you know, the Bible says that Simeon was somebody who was waiting for the promises of God to come true. Particularly, Simeon was waiting for the promised Messiah. And, you know, we know this, that when Jesus came, there was a prevailing apostasy in the land. And uh, there was there was a hypocrisy, there was a pretense of religion. But there apparently were some people, at least, at least Simeon was one, who was devout and led of the Holy Spirit and looking, looking, for the Messiah. Now understand, when, when the Messiah was going to come, this was a, this was a once only deal. This, this, this was something that had been promised and prophesied and talked about and, uh, and, uh, and preached upon and Jewish parents taught their children and, and, and there were some like Simeon who were just, just living for that day. And one day, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, Simeon meets the babe. And if you'd been there and if you'd known Simeon and you say, look, and you listen to Simeon picks up the babe and says the things that he says there in verse number 28. It said he took him up in his arms and blessed God and, and you know, says in verse number 30, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. 
And if you'd been looking there and you happened to be at the temple the same time that Simeon was there and the babe was there and you were watching all that unfold and you knew that Simeon was a godly man and was a man who knew the Bible and knew God and was led of the Holy Spirit and you watched that and you saw him do that with that babe and say the things that he said, you might go home and you might say to your wife, Oh, hon, if you saw what I saw today in the temple... I'm telling you, you know, you know that godly old Simeon? She said, yes. Oh, oh, honey, he took a babe in his arms and he said that he'd seen the salvation of God. Why, he spoke like he was holding in his arms. The very Messiah of God has actually come. I'm telling you, honey, nothing is ever going to be the same. This, this is it. This is the time. But you know what? Everything was the same. For years after that. And Simeon passed on, no doubt. And nothing seemed to change. Everything just seemed usual and normal. And then, and then around about 12 years after that, if you get to the latter part of Luke chapter 2 and look at verse number 42, around about 12 years after, a boy with his family goes up to Jerusalem and uh, the Bible tells us that it's the Lord Jesus and he's separated from his family. And uh, I'm sure you know the story. And uh, they realize on the way back that he's not with them. And so they turn and go back to Jerusalem. And in um, verse number 46, it said, And it came to pass that after... Three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors. Now we're talking about a 12-year-old, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So if you had been there and you had seen that 12-year-old boy, and, and maybe maybe you had just been a spectator, maybe you weren't a participant in asking questions, but, but you were watching the boy talk to the doctors and the learned ones, and you were saying, I've never seen this before. This, 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 this is something special. You know, this, this is significant. And maybe you go home and you say to your wife, Oh, hon, if you'd been around the teachers and the doctors the last few days like I've been, there was a boy there, and I'm telling you, he was no more than 12, but it was like he just knew the Bible. And he knew the word of God and he would ask them questions. I mean, even the questions he would ask and the answers they were given. I'm, I'm telling you, hon, I'm telling you, something special is going on here. I'm telling you now, the world is going to change. Nothing is going to be the same. This, this is unusual. This, this is not, this is just, just, I haven't seen this before. Something's going to be different. But you know what? Everything stayed the same. Everything was normal. I'm talking about at the birth of Christ, you had the angels and the proclamation, the announcement, and then you had, uh, you had Simeon realizes, and then, and then everything just goes quiet. And, and in fact, for a time, we're told they weren't even in the country. And then, and then, and then 12 years after, I've known Brother Fisher for about 12 years. 12 years after, 
a little ripple, as it were. Something unusual. But then again, everything just goes quiet. Now think about that. God is on earth and everybody's just going about their normal business. It's just usual. People don't wake up in the morning and just say, I just feel strange like the Messiah is here amongst us somewhere. People just got on with what they were doing. In fact, in fact, Jesus' own family largely seemed to forget the things that they'd been told. And it just seemed normal. It just, it just seemed usual. It, it was like there'd been an announcement of God that something significant was about to happen. That something, something world changing was about to take place. A proclamation, an announcement. And then after, nothing. Nothing. Normality. Not for a week or a month. First of all, for a decade. And then, and then 20 years. And then 30 years. Nothing. What happened? The announcement of God, the, the message sent by angels, the, the man of God, Simeon, who saw something, the, the boy I remember in the temple. What, what happened? Why is everything just so normal? And then if you go ahead and look at Mark chapter number 1, in Mark chapter number 1, and pick up around about the ninth verse there, Mark chapter number 1, verse number 9, It says in verse number 9 of Mark chapter 1, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. Now we're talking, brethren, about 30 years after we now have a public appearance. 30 years of normality, of just usual day-to-day stuff. And suddenly, after 30 years, this one appears. And he comes to John and he's baptized. And verse number 10, it says, And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And you say, is this the time? It's been 30 years since those announcements and proclamations were made. 30 years since God spoke to men powerfully about what was to happen. Is this the time where we start to see it? Is this the time where the Messiah the God-man, God in the flesh, is going to do the work of God? Is this the time where we're going to see the kingdom of God unfold before us? Is this the time? 
Is it finally happened? 30 years after, is this it? And the answer is, it's almost it. It's nearly it. Because after he's baptized and after the voice comes from heaven, the next thing the Bible says in verse number 12 is, and immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. And I want to read the next two verses. And now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And notice verse number 15, because now this is the time. And saying, the time is fulfilled. Now. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. 30 years after, before Jesus would stand up, 30 years after the announcement, the angels, the heavenly host, the shepherds, uh, wise old Simeon, 30 years of quietness, of just usual, normal living, and then suddenly... Now Jesus comes and now Jesus says, this is the time. 30 years after, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. In Luke chapter 4, verse 21, it said, and he began to say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And you know that scripture that he quoted there. Now you say, preacher, why study that? Why look at that? Why why look at the fact that God makes an announcement, a proclamation, he speaks to men, and then you have really nothing significant changing until 30 years after, and then everything begins to change. Jesus will do in three and a half years what it would take others multiple lifetimes to do. In three and a half years, we would see the kingdom of God at work. In three and a half years, we would, we would hear him teach of God and he would speak and teach and preach, not as others, but as one that had authority. In three and a half years, we would see him perform the miracles that we would expect if God came in the flesh. And the blind would see. And even those that were dead would come alive. And those that were born crippled and maimed would walk like an athlete. And it all begins to happen, but but it takes 30 years. Now, you you, you say, why, why do we study that? Well, the reason we study it is this. There is a distinct pattern in the way God works. What happened here by pattern happened again and again and again throughout the Bible And I'll guarantee you this, what happened here is happening here, right now. So what do you mean? I mean this, the first thing God does is God announces something to you. God makes a proclamation or an announcement or he, so we say he reveals something to you. You see something. And that's happened to numbers of you here. 
You see, even a call is an announcement. When God calls somebody, that's an announcement of intent, what he's going to do with that life. When God gives you a vision of something, and I'm talking that God gives it to you, and you see something and you get a vision of something and it might be to do with your ministry or it might be to do with the business that you have. It might be to do with your family life. It might have been something that came to you in a prayer time. It wasn't usual. It was something special. It might be that somehow a promise in the Bible that was for everyone suddenly became very real just for you for that particular time. I'm talking about the fact that when God makes an announcement to you, And God tells you something and says that this thing will happen. This thing is going to take place. This, this, this vision thing you have, it is from me. I gave you that. This call in your life is going to be fulfilled. And you get, the first thing you get, you get, you get a, you get a word from God about something. Now, let me say this is, this is a consistent pattern. Abraham gets told he's going to have a miracle child. At some point in his life, Moses realizes that, no, he's not just going to be a son of Pharaoh, but he's going to be a deliverer of Israel. And he comes to an awareness about that. Somehow he understands that. At some point when David is just, as it were, a young man, He's anointed to be king. He, God makes an announcement that, that this boy is going to be king and, 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 and tells him, but that's it. At some point, Paul falls down on a Damascus road and uh, loses his sight and realizes after that he's going to be used as a special vessel to the Gentiles. So an announcement of God is made... And you find this in many lives through the Bible where God tells somebody something, perhaps just like he's already told you something. The first thing you get from God is an announcement. Now, you know, I've pondered the why of that a little bit. It's not the message tonight, but I thought, why tell us? Why, 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 Why didn't you just tell us after 30 years, this one is the Messiah? Why tell us, but nothing happens? And it might have something to do with God trying to kindle a hope in your heart. That God, God doesn't want you to, to give up. God wants you to hold on to something, and all you have is, a, is an announcement from God. Right, right now, you don't have anything else. In fact, if you tell other people your announcement from God, they think... You know, the pigeons have woken you too many times. But there's an announcement comes from God. That's the first thing that God does. He tells you something. You say, now, here's, here's the next thing that happens. The next thing that happens after the announcement is that nothing happens. That's the next thing. I mean, nothing happens. In fact, your life is going on pretty usual. 
A period of time elapses. Abraham, you'll have a child. Okay, that's it. And then, and then what? Nothing. Just do what you do. Tend the flocks. Take care of the people. Train the servants. That's it. That's it. Be normal. David, you're going to be king. Oh, what do I do now? Go back to the sheep. You're done. Thank you. Moses, you're going to be a deliverer. Okay, I'll go and do it now. Mm, premature. God's not ready. Paul, you're going to suffer many things. You're going to be used of me in the Gentiles. Mm, okay, go to the Arabian desert for three years. Mm. And you get God speak to you about something, and now nothing happens. And you should know that that's normal. You should know that that's, that's a biblical pattern. But it can be the hardest thing you have to deal with. Is that God has spoken to you about something. And God has made an announcement, a proclamation, given you a word. And then everything just goes back to normal as if nothing was said. And every now and then you might start to ask yourself, am I delusionary? Didn't God say this? What wasn't that God? I felt sure that was God. And just everything just seems to be normal. And nothing will test your faith after an announcement from God than normalness. And just and just usualness. Because it just seems like everything's normal. Just seems like nothing's happening. And you get an announcement, you get a word from God, and then you just get nothing. 30 years. What happened? Angels in the sky, the heavenly host, the godly man saying this, and what, where, where is he? What happened? Nothing's changed. Everything seems the same. 30 years. People came and people died. People moved on. People forgot. You see, normalness takes over. And just the, just the day-to-day stuff begins just to dominate your life and your mind. And it's not unusual when God speaks that way that the next thing that happens is you just have a period where really nothing happens. Now, you know, folks, that's probably one of the most dangerous times right there. Because many people are defeated right at that point. I'll tell you the next two things that happen after that, but a lot of people never get beyond this first thing. See, even Abraham waited for a period of time And then it just seemed like nothing was happening. And somebody made a suggestion. Well, why don't you make it happen? 
Well, nothing else is happening. And that might come to you. Well, you know, why don't you just do this? Okay, God said this, you've been waiting on this, but you know, how long are you going to wait for? You know, time, time. And particularly us, we don't like to wait. We don't like to wait for anything. If you have to wait six months, you're not sure God really spoke. Imagine 30 years. But what if God said to you, I'm going to do in your life in three and a half what someone else would take 30 to do? But you have to wait. Can you wait? Can you trust God's timing? Can you hang on? You see, a lot of people, they, they, they just quit somewhere along the way. The time thing just wears them down. Just like the family of Jesus, after a while they just think, well, I don't know what all that was about. You know, it's like miraculous birth, I know, and I remember the angel, but I, I don't know, 30 years. 30 years, everything's been normal. And when he finally does reveal himself as the Messiah, and they should have known that already, they think that he's delusionary. Because normality wins over faith when it shouldn't. Can you hang on when God has spoken to you? Can you just wait if nothing is happening? Does it diminish the announcement of God? If he doesn't do it right now. You know, if God has said it, it'll come to be. If God has told you that thing, it will come to be. You you know, you, you might say this. If I told other people this, they couldn't even see it if they tried to imagine it. I'm, I'm only just believing it because God said it. Well, that's okay. If God said it, if God made the announcement, it will come to be. God will do the thing he told you. But you have to wait. And you have to wait under the hardest of circumstances, normality and usualness. And that will wear you down. You know, a lot of people just moved on to somewhere else because they forgot the word that God said. A lot of people just stopped believing what God told them because it didn't happen in their timing. But if God said it, it'll come to be. Now, I remember when Pastor Lloyd, who's now the pastor of Good Shepherd Baptist Church, when I was the pastor of Good Shepherd Baptist Church, and Pastor Lloyd was a staff member, I remember Pastor Lloyd came to me as a staff member and said, well, you know, he just kind of got one of those moments. He just wanted to, you know, just kind of share something spiritually. He said, oh, yeah, Pastor, I I just have always believed that, you know, God told me one day I'm going to pastor this church. And I'm thinking, I'm the pastor of this church. I'm thinking, I don't recall God told me you were going to be the pastor of this church. And I listened when he said that, and I thought, and and to be honest, what I thought was, well, you know what? If God told him that, 
it'll come to be one day. I don't know how, I don't know the circumstances, but if, if what was told to him was of God, it'll come to be. And I want you to know when he said that, I had no intent of being anywhere but at the pastorate of Good Shepherd Baptist Church. But you know what happened one day? God did something in my life and God did something in his life. And now he sits in the chair and his name's on the door and he's the pastor of Good Shepherd Baptist Church. You know, he said God told him that when he was a little boy. Years passed. Pastors came before I was pastor. But see, what God had told him came to be. Because what God says will always come to be. If you'll just wait. If you'll just hang on. If you'll just let God decide the timing... God will do the thing he said he's going to do. Let me, let me finish quickly. Here's the second thing that happens is there's a period of testing. Now, now remember the first thing, there was just a nothing. There was an announcement about the Messiah and then there was 30 years of nothing. And now there's a period of testing where Jesus is going to be tested. Remember, he's baptized and there's a voice from heaven and now he's uh, taken away to be uh, tested. And that's often what happens. Now, again, if this is a biblical truth, there will be a biblical pattern. Was there not a time of testing in the life of Abraham? Was there not a time of testing in the life of Moses? How many days and nights did Moses have to think about all that had happened? when he slew an Egyptian and had to run in fear? How many times did Moses sit and think about that? Was there not a time of testing in the life of David after it was proclaimed by God that he would be king? And for years, he never got anywhere near the throne except to be the music boy on occasions. Was there not a time of testing for David? And you know, the thing about the testing is this. When you get tested after God has said something to you and God has told you something's going to happen and now now you've just waited and you've waited and you've waited and and maybe sometimes you believe strong and maybe other times you thought, I, I don't know if I got this right or not, but you just waited and you just waited and now time of testing comes and you know, God, God, God begins to test you in a way and God tests you in a way that always hurts you. What I'm saying is you can be tested and other people can be somewhat indifferent to your testing because they're not feeling what you're feeling. They're not going through what you're going through. It's always the thing that hurts you. It's the thing that, that pains you. you. You say, why does the testing happen? I, I don't know, but it's almost like a price that has to be paid. It's exacted from you. I think it hurt David terribly as he had to flee. And, and David, of all people, who loves Saul... Accused of disloyalty. Accused of, of being a traitor and disloyal. I think that thing above all things hurt him. 
having to live that way like 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 can you imagine he was somebody who loved somebody and yet that person hated him you say how do you know david felt that way well the bible said david had a heart like god's heart and god deals with that every day god loves people and people hate god god's done everything for people God, if you were, has been 100% loyal to everybody. And yet people accuse God. And David has to, and he's hurt. And he feels the hurt in a way that maybe others don't understand. Maybe other people think, oh, it's the discomfort of the cave. It's the, it's, it's the fear thing. But I think his hurt was deeper than that. And you will get hurt in a way that hurts you. And maybe other people can't understand that. And that's part of the process of God getting you ready to give you the thing he said he's going to give you. You know, we've been through a testing time in Thailand the last 12 months or so. But, but to be honest, it's been testing for me. But I think it's been more testing for my wife. And, 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 and I don't want to you know, speak for her, but I would say she has hurt in a way that only she really understands. She has felt an acute pain that others could not really understand. So why does that happen? I don't know. I I know this. I know for us, God has told us some things are going to happen. So have they happened yet? Not yet. But I'm 100% sure God said it. So what's been happening? Normality. And then of late, some testing. A lot of testing. So you get an announcement from God. He tells you, I'm going to do this thing. And then you have a period of time. And then you had a period of testing. And then the last thing I want you to see here, you may have some time in the wilderness. You know, the Bible said in Mark 1 and verse 12, immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. Wasn't it true that Moses had time in the wilderness? Wasn't it true that David had time in the wilderness? Wasn't it even true that Paul had some time in the wilderness? And, you know, you can be in the wilderness not for any other reason than that's exactly the place the Holy Spirit wants you. The Bible said the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness with the beasts. And it's a scary place in the wilderness. It's a lonely place. And you might be there now. I know this, if God has spoken to you about something and it hasn't yet happened, you're somewhere in this journey. You're either in the place of normalness, usualness, waiting, or you're in the place of testing, or you might find yourself in a wilderness. Now, the good thing is, if you're in the wilderness... 
the very next step out is to receive the thing that God has for you. That's the next thing that always comes. One day, Moses walked back from the wilderness to become the deliverer that God said he would be. One day, he returned back out of the desert, turned his back on the wilderness, and went back to receive the thing that God said he was going to do. One day, David turned his back on the cave, turned his back on the wilderness, and walked towards the throne. One day, Paul stepped away from three years in the Arabian desert and came to take the mantle that God had been holding for him. And one day, Jesus returned from the wilderness And when he came out of the wilderness, he made the statement in verse number 15, the time is fulfilled. Now is the time. The kingdom of God is at hand. See, Job was in the wilderness. Job said this, oh, that one would hear me. Behold, my desire is that the almighty would answer me. And my adversary had written a book. And Job was saying, I wish I could understand what was happening. In another place, he said this, Lo, he goeth by me, and I see him not. He passeth on also, but I perceive him not. See, when you're in the wilderness, it's a very lonely place. And you can wonder where God is. And you can wonder about the thing that God spoke to you about. And you can wonder, how do you get from the wilderness to the thing that God said? You know, that's, that's the way the world thinks. A lot, of, a lot of people think like the world thinks. They think, well, if you're in the wilderness, somehow you must have defaulted the thing of God. Listen, what Pharaoh said in Exodus 14.3. Pharaoh, the model, Mr. World. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. But had the wilderness shut them in? Oh, no, 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 no. They were on the verge of seeing a mighty display of the power of God. And that's what happens when you step out of the wilderness. It's the next thing God has for you, is you're about to see the fulfillment of the thing that God said is coming your way. I'd like to ask you tonight, has God said something to you? Has God made some announcement to you and you know it's God? Call, vision, might be a promise, could be something else. Let me tell you tonight, wherever you're at, if you're in the waiting, tonight if you're being tested, and I feel empathy with your hurt tonight, if you're hurting, Or maybe somehow you say, I'm in the wilderness with the beasts. You know, sometimes the beast is within, and sometimes it's without. But I notice that nobody in the will of God ever got taken out by a beast. They're just intimidating. You just have to deal with some things that are intimidating. And maybe you're in the wilderness. Well, let me tell you this. Jesus said... After 30 years, the time is fulfilled.
the kingdom of God is at hand. And if God has spoken to you, surely a day will come where you will say, today this is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand here right now. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the example of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. Lord, I pray tonight that you would just uh, prepare our hearts for what's coming ahead. Help us tonight to hear your voice clearly. Lord, if you spoke to anybody tonight, I just pray simply that they would know that this was of you. That's all I ask, that they would just know. I pray, Lord, that you'd comfort the hurting. And I pray if there are some in the wilderness, that their departure may be at hand. Father, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.